You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sabres still with it, middle stack. Darlene up top, far circle pass, intercepted, breakaway now for Kyle Connor. One-on-one, Lukanen scores, Kyle Connor. Puts the Jets back on top with 12.41 to go in the third. That's your game winner, a costly mistake from Rasmus Darlene. While the Sabres are putting a ton of pressure on the Jets, Darlene's pass intercepted by Ehlers, sends in Kyle Connor all alone. And his 21st of the season on a breakaway wins it for Winnipeg. That's the play of the game. Brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro back here on our post game live from the press box. Sabres tonight giving forth a, I think, their best effort of these three games this week that they have lost all. Clearly the most shot attempts and shots. Uh, and probably the best opportunities to score. But they ran in to some bodies, some sticks, uh, a bad bounce or two, and number 37 wearing a Winnipeg jersey, Pat. Connor Hollebuck was great, number one star in this game as he faced 41 shots. Yeah, I thought Rob Ray made a good point right before the, the, the end of the, the game there. was The Sabres it maybe took them a little bit too long to get the scoring chances tonight. A couple of chances earlier on on Hellebuck, maybe you get a screen in front of the net, maybe you convert on one of your power play chances. Look, the ebbs and flows of the, over the course of the season, uh, the power play is going to be rolling along at times, and it's going to struggle at times. And right now, the power play is in a rut. They had the chance, four on three, late in the third period, midway through the third, to try and tie the game again uh, to get it back to even for, for a chance to win. And I, the story of the game, there were chances, but it just seemed like every time the Sabres got into a good spot, either Hellebuck made the save or there was someone in the lane, and they don't score. The power play frustration all night, 0 for 5, and that's Buffalo's bread and butter, Pat. And right. that may be magnified the the shots that were blocked, the passes that were deflected, the bodies in the way. And it's like we talked about after the second. Maybe they just need a deflection, a, a pass that was really supposed a shot that it turns, in, it turns into a shot that was supposed to be a pass, goes in the net, and that opens uh, the floodgates for the power play again because it seems like, and Tage Thompson just not getting everything on the shot right now. At times, the keep, they're kept to the perimeter. So, yeah, just one that gives a lucky bounce might just be what they need. Sabres fall 4-2, to two and they've lost three in a row. They finish up a four-game homestand with a 1-3 and three record. They'll head on the road now on Saturday to take on Nashville. 8 o'clock puck drop. Next home game for Buffalo will be on Monday afternoon. Martin Luther King Day, Kids Day Special, uh, the Florida Panthers will be in town for a 1 p.m. puck drop. And, of course, we'll have that game for you right here on the Sabres radio network. Yeah, that sequence with Connor going in on the breakaway right before it, um, Buffalo all over him with Victor Olofsson right on the doorstep. Speaking of Olofsson, he's live now with Paul Hamilton. It's, I know you got one by him, but was it frustrating? It seemed like basically tonight you ran into a hot goaltender, and that was the difference. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we, we did play a good game. Uh 
we had uh, a ton of chances to, to get back into the game, and uh, unfortunately, we, we couldn't uh, capitalize on them. And yeah. At a certain point, you guys did break them out of their tr them trying to defend the way that they were. How do you guys go about it? Uh, I mean, uh, we know they're kind of uh, collapsing in their own end, and they're, they kind of swarm you a little bit, so you can find that uh, open ice in the middle. Uh, I think we did that uh, a lot of times and uh, created some good chances. And yeah, uh, like I said, we just got to uh, bury those folks. You feel like you've gotten back to your game slowly over the past couple. I mean, it seemed like you were more, you've been more aggressive each game, and tonight you kind of got back to your usual selves. Almost. Yeah, uh, I've been feeling a lot better lately, um, and I think as a line, we've been uh, uh, pretty good here in the last uh, five games or so. We uh, feel like we got a little bit more chemistry than we had before, so uh, it's uh, it's something to to build on for sure. Tyson was finding himself open quite often. You hit him for a goal, almost another goal. He just couldn't settle the puck down and had an empty net. Uh, do you feel a chemistry with him coming along? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've been talking a lot to, to uh, just create scoring chances uh, as soon as we win the puck, and I think we've been way better here in the last uh, couple of games of doing that. And, yeah, like I said, it's uh, something we've got to build on. What do you think made Tyson fit in so well with this team? Uh, I mean, he can do it all. He's uh, he's great on the penalty kill. He works uh, very hard. He, he's uh, I think he's a underrated guy uh, offensively. He's got some some good skills, so uh, it's uh, it's pretty easy to have a guy like that on the team. In these three losses, you've probably played a little bit better in each game, but you still wound up with the loss. What's the frustration level with the team right now? Do you feel? Uh, I don't think we can. I mean, obviously it's frustrating to lose, but we can't be um, uh, frustrated uh, too frustrated with this. Uh, uh, we just got to get right back to work tomorrow and uh, keep building on this. Thanks, Victor. Victor Olison on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul, thank you. Olofsson, I thought Pat was the Sabres' best player tonight. He was one of the few guys that could get all of his shots through most of the time. And he made the pass that set up Tyson Jones for that goal that tied the game at two. So, yeah, not only uh, scoring but creating offense. And you heard him there talk about, you know, he really is feeling like his game uh, has gotten back underneath him. And, Look, it's been so important this year. The five-on-five -five scoring has been there for Olafson, and that's been a big reason why uh, he has been a key contributor to this offense. Last season, he, that narrative that he was one-dimensional, well, he hasn't been on the top power play unit, and he's still scoring. And look, at maybe minus Tage, he's got the best, one of the best shots on this team. Um, that opportunity, that sequence where he fed Jost a great play, and then you know seconds later it's going the other way for the game-winning goal, there's also a moment there where I want him to be selfish, and I, you know, he didn't make a bad play, but he is all alone in front with his shot. If I, if he could replay it again, I would tell him to shoot there. He doesn't make a bad play, but he makes could have made a better play. Yeah. Back downstairs, here's Casey Middlestat live with Paul. Thanks, Brian. Casey, it wasn't a bad game. I mean, you guys generated enough chances. Uh, it just seemed like Hullabuck uh, was was there almost at every turn. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a. Uh... High-caliber goaltender. He's one of the best in the league, and um, you know I thought he played well tonight. I think there's things we can do uh, to make it tougher on him. Obviously, maybe a little more traffic, uh, converging a bit for rebounds. I think there was a few rebounds there we maybe could have had. You know, I think when we look back on it, probably watch the film, and um, we're going to see a, a, a lot of good chances. Um, maybe a few missed that even on that goalie we normally have, and. Just seems like uh, maybe a little bit of how it's going. I think uh, a lot was going in for a few games there, and um, now we're maybe seeing the flip side of it. So I think we keep pushing. Um, we're going to find it here again, and uh, we'll get going. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you kind of touched on it right there at the end, but 
Now, obviously, expectations are higher this season. How do you sort of balance that with the fact that, I mean, it's an 82-game season. Like, you're going to have stretches like this where you run into a good goalie or just a difficult stretch in the schedule, I guess. Um, you know, I don't know if there's one way in particular. I think uh, sometimes it can be individual, too. But, um, you know, I, I think for our team, we're, we're so close. And um, we have a lot of conversations. And a lot of talking it's an extremely open room um i think that's that's one of the great things about it here and um we're not trying to look too far ahead we're, we're taking it one game at a time we're going to wake up tomorrow we're going to get ready to go to nashville and we're going to get ready to uh to play there saturday night and um whatever happens happens there and we're going to get ready for the next one um i don't think we're going to look too far in the future we know what we have here and uh we know we have an extremely good team and um obviously there's going to be some bumps in the road but um we're a confident group and, and we know what we have you see the first period if you look at the group tonight, you got back to your game offensively just as far as aggressiveness and maybe something you lost over the last couple. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we actually talked about that this morning, maybe just being a little more aggressive, having a little bit of our swagger back. And um, I thought especially throughout the game, it, it started to come back and um, we started to make the plays that, that we've been making all year. And um, like we said before, we're, we're going to hit a couple stretches like this. and. Um, you know, what makes me excited is we have such a tight group and we're going to stick together through anything. So um, it's going to come come tomorrow, come to the rink, get to work, and like I said, get ready for Nashville. How did you guys do that? Because I thought the first period was even, but a lot of it was in the neutral zone too. It seemed like both teams were clogged up there. How did you guys get through that to start playing better? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a tough question. They're a good team. Like, um, they've obviously had a good year so far, and um, – Especially when you don't see a team so much, I, I think uh, there's maybe a bit of a feeling out process. It was probably a little bit both ways, and um, you know, I thought, I still thought we had a good first period. Maybe I would agree with you; it was even. But um, from there, I, I thought we controlled the play and controlled the pace, and just a couple mistakes that cost us. But at the same time, I, I don't think we had a bad game tonight, and um, I thought the effort was there, and we just got to put away some of those chances. Thank you, Casey. Thanks, Casey Mills dead in the post game. Brian, back to you. All thank you, Casey Middlestat. There with Paul, he assisted on Victor Olison's first goal of the game. Back down to the room, the other goal scorer, Tyson Jost, live with Paul. Thanks, Brian Tyson. Uh, it seemed like as the game went on, you guys got better. Had great chances. You, you capitalized on one of them. Uh, right after that, it just seemed like the puck wouldn't sit down for you after Victor had set you up. Uh, but certainly the chances were there to win that hockey game, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought we did a good job at kind of pushing the pace there. And, um, yeah, that one shift right after a goal when Vic went back to me, the guy just got his stick on it, and I couldn't, I couldn't kind of get the shot away. So I was just whacking at it, but um, his stick was just there, so I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get the shot away. It's disappointing, but I think they ended up scoring right after that too. So um, it stings, but I think uh, you got to look at some of the positives we did. We did get rolling there, and um, we had we had a lot of opportunities and a lot of chances, and. We just got to bear down and capitalize. But you did, as you said, you and Victor both capitalized on a couple of good opportunities there. It seems like you're developing a pretty good chemistry with uh, Olison and, and Middlestaff. Yeah, we're we're playing really well right now. We we like how how our game's going and um, the way we're generating offense, and um, we're playing simple too. And then when we get the puck, we're we're using our skill and using our playmaking abilities and, and our skill set. So. Um, I think it starts kind of with those, those small fundamentals of hunting on the puck and being aggressive, but we like where our chemistry's at, and um, we keep saying to each other we just want to get better and better, and um, we still think there's, there's a higher ceiling we can get to, so um, we want to do everything we can help this team win. 
Hellebuck's a good goaltender, and he made some great saves in that game. Maybe even frustrated you guys a little bit, but do you think maybe he saw too much too? Maybe you guys could have taken away his vision a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, you can always kind of nitpick and whatnot, but um, I think whenever you lose a game, you always want to try and get more traffic. Especially, he's such a big goalie, right? So he sees a lot. So, um, yeah, maybe at times we got a little too much on the perimeter, and we got to get a little bit more gritty and try and get in front of his eyes and bang home a, a greasy one or a dirty one. So, um, something that we can look at for sure. Tyson Jost on the post game. Brian, back to you. Tyson Jost got his fourth of the season. On a beautiful spin pass from Olafson to set him up right in the middle. 2-2 the score at that point. Buffalo continued to put on pressure, but uh, a giveaway which led to a Kyle Connor goal and then an empty netter finish out the scoring in favor of Winnipeg as the Jets defeat the Sabres 4-2. Up next, Nashville on Thursday. I'm sorry, on Saturday. That'll be an 8 o'clock puck drop. We'll all have the pregame show coming your way at 7 along the Buffalo Sabres radio network. All right, at this time, we're going to say goodnight to all of our local affiliates. If you want to keep listening to the post game, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. Sabres fall 4-2. to two. We'll hear from Don Granato, Paul Hamilton, highlights and standings all coming your way as the post game continues from KeyBank Center. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's Dolene with a slapper off the inboards, trying to wrap around a 10 near post. Skinner bangs away at it, it's in front. Tuck is in there. Thompson trying to jam away, and the referee blows the whistle in the play down. Somehow that puck did not go in with 1.45 to go. Hollebuck, the save of the game, brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. Skinner convinced the officials to at least take a look at it the referee did come over and uh, I think you know from the replays we saw I think it was the correct call but that puck got bounced in the air when Skinner gave it an extra jam and then it just popped up and it bounced in the crease and looked like it was going between Hollebeck's pads and then just by for whatever reason he closed it just in time either to stop it before it went over the line, or at the very least, cover up the line enough that no one could see if the puck actually was tracking over the line. Uh, Wow, what a play from him. 41 shots, 39 saves. Clearly the difference in this one. The scoring chances in favor of the Sabres. Look at the shot attempts. 76 to 41. 76 to 41. That's almost double. And the Sabres probably had a whole bunch more that got blocked, that got kicked away, that you know that could have been maybe uh, something that could have led to another scoring opportunity. So I don't fault them for how tonight played out or how the effort went. Uh, you know what Rob said at the end of the broadcast, I think is fair that it maybe took a little bit too long for you know the Sabers mojo to get going using their speed. Victor Ellison talked uh, in his post game interview there with Paul about how getting the puck to the middle seemed to maybe open them up a little bit more, and that could have been maybe something that I think would have been obviously maybe useful earlier on in the game. But, uh, you know, out of these three losses tonight, clearly the best of the three. But because it comes in with two losses already and now it turns it into three, and now we're watching the Sabres do so, they were doing so well in the standings to get themselves back into a legitimate discussion for a wild card run, now they're falling back. And the out-of-town scoreboard that was so friendly a week ago, now you look and 
Well, last night didn't go well. Tonight, there's some other teams winning. And suddenly, you're sitting here saying, geez, all that work. It's it's tough. It's a grind here. The Sabres, we knew this stretch was going to be rough. Four games in six nights this week, four games in six nights next week, four games in six nights the following week. And you got a lot of road games coming up. So these home games, the Sabres did not take advantage of. One and three on the homestand. Big difference between these two teams. Paul and I talked about it on pregame. The home records. Buffalo now 9-11-2 at home. I mean, you have to have a winning record in your home building. And uh, the Sabres obviously have had some struggles trying to get themselves getting some wins at home here. Uh, They'll have another crack at it on Monday as they take on the Florida Panthers. That's a 1 p.m. puck drop. Kids Day. Sure, it'll be a big crowd here with schools off. And that's a big game in the standings uh, with Buffalo obviously trying to keep themselves uh, within striking distance of the wildcard teams, but at the same time not getting themselves passed by the teams behind them. Florida, maybe the most disappointing team in the Eastern Conference with how things have gone this year. And, you know, for them to maybe come into this game and sit here and say, well, you know, how big of a four-point swing can this be one way or the other, whether it's for Buffalo or whether it's for Florida, uh, Monday is monumental. And then the next home game after that are the Islanders. That's Ryan Miller night. I think another huge swing in the standings coming up there. All right, Don Granato now live. We go downstairs. Don, did you feel you created enough in that game? I mean, he had a lot of chances. Hellebuck just seemed like uh, he was frustrating you guys with, with some great saves along the way. Yeah, Hellebuck uh, looked like a sumo wrestler in the net. Um, with with athleticism, I mean, he was good. He was he was big and solid, and uh, uh, we did have enough uh, opportunity um, right down to that last one when they got their game winning goal. We had two opportunities actually on that. So uh, it looked like we, you know, it, it looked like, but we had a perfect chance to go up three to two, and within ten seconds, and we know how that happens sometimes, and it happened tonight. Seemed like you got back to your as far as creating the aggressiveness. Do you, do you think that was that came back tonight? Yeah, that was a really important really important factor for us tonight was to get to our game, play a higher tempo, higher pace game. Uh, I thought they played with a lot of intent to try to deny that, to deny that high-paced game, even though they're a very high-paced team. Uh, they, they were aggressive defensively. They, tried, you know, they clogged the neutral zone up really well. Uh, you know, we had to work hard to, to, to get our ice and create our ice, and I thought our guys did a nice job to do that and, and got some volume of, of opportunity at uh, Hellebuck, and, you know, he was good. He rose, and that was he was their best player tonight. And uh, on, the, on the flip side, you know, Oopy didn't have as much work uh, as that, but Oopy was also very good, and, and his body language was great. He, he, he looked confident. He read, read things well, and... Um, I was happy to see that for him um, as well. What has made the Joe's line as effective as it's been in these last few games here? Uh, lots of determination prior. I mean, they've worked hard uh, to to break through and, and actually find ways to feel good about their game. And um, you can see now they ha- there's a whole other level of confidence to them, which means they're feeling much better. They're in sync. They're uh, they've. They've been. They constantly communicate. The three of those guys. Uh, every rush and rep in practice. Um, every shift back on the bench. And you see, we've seen that. We've seen the, their relationships. The three of them grow um, to the point they, they uh, have been very effective for us the last two games, especially. 
Could you have gotten, did you feel you got enough traffic in foul Hollabuck, or did he see too many of the shots? I mean, you can always get more, Paul, especially if you haven't, if, you, if you're down a goal and the scoreboard runs out, the time runs out. But, um, you know, we had, we had chances. We had chances to score. I, I think, um, you know, for, you're always going to have regrets post game. Always. Um, you can go in any of them. Did, we, did you get enough traffic? I uh, didn't, you know, I know our power play guys aren't going to like that, you know, their performance tonight. So, you know, when you when you lose by a goal, yeah, there's many things. Could we get through neutral zone cleaner and better, more transition? Could we come out of the corner better? Could we, uh, you know, broken out a little smoother and, and, and slung it a little more? Uh, so, you know, there's, there's lots of things, and you would add, uh, like you would any night you don't win, uh, did we need more net front? So... Yeah. All, right. All right, that's Sabres head coach Don Granado. His postgame comments brought to you by Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and 10-Star Emergency Services, specialists bringing heat on and off the ice. We bring you back up here to the press box. Brian Colsey with you. 4-2 Winnipeg. Sabres have lost three straight in Nashville Saturday night. 8 o'clock puck drop before returning back here to KeyBank Center on Monday afternoon against the Florida Panthers. Time now for our final stats. They're brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Shot totals for Buffalo, 15 in the third, 41 in the game, 76 shot attempts. Definitely uh, enough there, but uh, a lot of those hitting bodies, hitting sticks, getting traffic that just couldn't get through to Hellebuck, and uh, Buffalo only able to get two by him in this game. Winnipeg, 9-9-9 through their three periods, total of 27. Power plays. You heard Don Granato talk about that. The Sabres were 0 for 6, including a minute on a 4-on-3 situation. So right there to me, with how tough it was to kind of unclog Winnipeg, that 4-on-3, you had a ton of space. Like that has to be a goal. You've got a minute. you got your guys out there. you got Darlene. you got Thompson, like Skinner or Cousins, whoever, you know, that group. Like that's got to be a goal. I'm sure that, uh, as Don Granato said there, the power play unit uh, will have some shaking of the heads when they watch the film there. All right, in goal, Hollabuck the win, 39 saves. UPL, the loss, 23 saves. The goals that he lets in, screen, screen, breakaway. Of course you'd love him to make the save on the breakaway, uh, but, you know, not a bad goal against in any capacity there. Uh, your three stars, Olofsson, definitely Buffalo's best player, star number three, Connor, with a goal and an assist, star number two. He had the game winner, and then Hollebuck, star number one. Connor Hollebuck tonight, our electric player of the game, brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Check out Town BMW's lineup of EVs. The announced attendance at KeyBank Center tonight, 15,208. All right, let's get our first response from the fans now. Brought to you by ServPro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. All right, let's see what the fans have to say. You can always send me your thoughts after each and every game at Brian WGR. All right, here we go. Let's talk about this. Uh, tweet coming in from Cricket Whistle 7 says, Right now the Achilles heels, the power play. I think they've got 72 figured out like every team does. I can't believe Donnie can't see the obvious solution to put 71 on the opposite side to balance out the one-timer threat, 53 and 24. That, of course, referring to Skinner and Cousins, don't have the shot. All right, others right now. Jim says, 
three in a row against playoff teams. Others have started to figure us out. No need to change some things. Uh, another one coming in here says, time to think about trading for a face-off guy. Max Domi is 56%. Nico Sturm, 57%. Sabres tonight, if you're wondering what they were on the face-offs, 48%. All right, there's our first response from the fans. Still the good news, no injuries to report from Don Granato, so it'll be another, as Kevin Adams says, daily move uh, with the roster. The expectation is that Quinn and Paterka will be back in for the Nashville game on Saturday night. But no injuries to report, so again, good news there. The injury report brought to you by Losey and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. All right, back down to the media room. Paul Hamilton is there. Paul, 41 shots, 76 shot attempts. I think tonight it was a night where you just maybe can get frustrated, but I think you also have to tip the cap to the other goaltender, including somehow that save that he had with a minute 45 to go to keep the puck out of the net when it bounced almost over the line. Yeah, they didn't get the bounce, but good goalies get bounces like that, and he's one of the best in the National Hockey League, and uh, he showed us why. Although, if you want to get picky, and I will, I, I think they could have had more traffic. I think he saw too many shots, but he also made some phenomenal saves on, on when the Sabres, because the Sabres did create quite a bit, and he had to make some great saves on it, but... Uh, you know, they, they uh, I just thought, uh, you know, maybe they could have gotten a little more traffic through it. We talked at the end of the first period how it was an even period, although the neutral zone was clogged up by both teams. And I thought the Sabres broke through that and did much better as the game went on and uh, did get better. And if you look at these three losses, they've gotten considerably better in each game. But. It doesn't matter. You got zero points in these three games, and that's the problem. When they've gone, they went on that eight-game losing streak. They didn't get any loser points, none. So now you've got a three-game losing streak, and you didn't get any loser points. So here you've got a streak of eleven losses, and you didn't even get one point out of them, and that's what's killing them. I mean, if they got in those eleven games, those eleven losses, if maybe they picked up four points, now I think our conversation is whole whole different ball game. Um, but, uh, you know, they have gotten better in each game. I thought they really did create. They were more like themselves in this game. But on the other end, I thought Lukinen also was excellent in, in goal. But, what you know, he was screened on the first goal, to never even saw it at all. And the second, I don't know, what do you think? I thought the uh, Morrissey goal was tipped. I thought it hit a stick on the way there. Um, so I, it looked to me like it changed direction and went up. So, you know, if it did, there's a tip shot. Mm -hmm. Now, just like I said the other day, and I'll say it this one, you've got one of their best goal scorers coming down in Connor on a breakaway. Your best player, or one of your best players, Erasmus Dahlin, just made a bad pass. I mean, he, he tried to force a pass across, he gets picked off, and now Connor's come down on a breakaway. Put a great move on Lukanen. Lukanen made the first move, though, and kind of was out of the play right away, and he scored. Now, again, that's not an easy save against a good goal scorer by any stretch of the imagination. But if we wanted to have a conversation, say you'd love to see a big save out of your goaltender there, we could have that conversation. And he made a lot of big saves in this game. Yeah. Uh, there's no question about that. Lukanen was very good also. You, just as, as frustrated as maybe the Sabres could have been with Hellebuck, Winnipeg could have been with Lukanen because Lukanen made some big saves along the way too, and I'm being very picky when I say that because I thought both goaltenders were excellent in this game in the, in the overall scheme of things. 
Sabres fall to Winnipeg 4-2. Buffalo has lost three in a row. We're talking with Paul Hamilton here on the postgame. Paul Olafson, a strong game. That line with Jost has really gotten going uh, over the, you know, since really since they've gotten together. Uh, what do you think has been the difference, and what are you seeing as to why they've been s- successful in five-on-five play? Because Olafson is getting in on four checks, and he's, he's competing for pucks. You know, he's, he's getting in there. You notice him now. You notice him on the forecheck. You notice him getting in there and being first on a puck and then trying to create some offense from it. And, you know, he got a goal and an assist in the game, but he could have had more points in the game. I mean, he set up Jost, and as Jost told you, you know, the, as the puck was bouncing around, it, it hit a stick and he couldn't get it by as he had an open net. And that was a setup by Olafson. But it seems like Olafson has the puck a lot because he's willing to go in there and compete for pucks now, which I, I didn't think he was doing before. And same thing with Middlestad. He also competes, and they get in on a good forecheck, and they seem to have built a very good chemistry to be, between the three of them. You, you see a lot of good scoring chances. I would g- guess, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, but I would guess that line had the most scoring chances of the four lines the Sabres had. I thought they created a lot and uh, you know were able to score the two goals. Well, Paul, the standings, as we know, when we spoke a week ago after the Minnesota game, uh, the Sabres had cut it to wild card, uh, the final team in, down to four points. Now, it's six right now. That doesn't sound devastating. But a week ago, you had all these games in hand, and a lot of that has disappeared now. So in that sense, what we thought was flexibility now is gone in that playoff race there for those wild card spots. Well, I've been at this game long enough to know that just because you have games in hand, you got to win them. And the chances of you winning all those games in hand aren't too great. And uh, th- that's the thing. And, and that's the thing I've maintained since the eight-game losing streak. It's never been the points, how many points they're behind, even when they were behind eight or nine points. If you're in ninth place in the conference and you're eight points behind the team in eighth place, you still got a very good chance. All you need to do is beat that one team. You know, have that one team slump for a little bit. You win some games. You can catch up quickly on one team. But when it's four or five teams that you got to try to get by, like back then it was, it was it was five teams then uh, that that you got to hurdle over to get there. It's tough to get five teams to go into the tank for you. Uh, and the Sabers were as hot as they could be. They were thirteen four and two, but they still hadn't hurdled all over those teams as well as they were playing. And as many points as they were picking up, it just makes it very different. And it's not impossible by any means. Ask the St. Louis Blues. They went from last in, in, in January. They went from last in the NHL to Stanley Cup champions. One of Lindy Ruff's teams here had the best record after January 1st and I think made the playoffs in the last day of the regular season when it all looked lost. So it's not impossible by any means. It's also not probable when you have all those teams that you have to hurdle over and – you know, they, they did it for a while when they were red hot, but they only could get within four and they couldn't get past everybody. You're not going to win every game. You're going to lose some games. You're going to lose three in a row. Unfortunately, as I said, you didn't get any loser points along the way in those three three games. And maybe you deserved a better fate in this game, but a goaltender, you know, robbed you from, from getting any points out of the game. You also went 0 for 5 on the power play and really didn't generate as much as you would like to on the power play. Um, Tage Thompson, when he had some opportunities in this game, seemed just a little bit off from what maybe he had been. But, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things when they were doing well, 
their power play was also one of the best in the league. So one of the things that they were getting when they're scoring four and five and six goals is one or two power play goals along the way. Well, now the power play, as I said, went 0 for 5 in this game. All you need is one power play goal and go one for five, and now we're talking maybe an overtime situation. At least you get a point out of it, maybe two, depending on how overtime goes. Yeah, the home woes, Paul, we, you, we talked about it a little in pregame. If you take the top 12 teams in the East, the eight that are in and then the next four that are out, every team has a winning home record except for Buffalo. They're 9-11-2 at home. So that, yeah, that, that also is something that could come back to bite them. Yeah, that's 13 losses uh, in 20, what is it, 22, 22. home games? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so that's too many. That's way too many. Whatever the reason is for the losses, and we can talk about this, that, and the other thing, you can't lose 13 at home out of 22 games and expect that uh, you know, you're going to be a, a good, you know, a very good hockey team. It's part of the learning process of being a young team you know, they're going through things right now, and they've improved their game in each of the last three. And you figure if you see another improvement from what you got tonight in Nashville, maybe you can get yourself over the top and win a game in Nashville and get, get rid of this three-game losing streak. Because if you do have any chance of getting in the playoffs, you got to stop it. You've got to start getting points again. All right, you've lost three in a row. It happens. You've got to start getting points again if you, you, you think to yourself – you have a chance to be in the playoffs. Well, Paul, speaking of home ice, it took 41 games for the Bruins to lose their first home game in regulation tonight. They are 19, now 1-3 and three at TD Garden. Seattle beat them tonight 3-0. That, that's incredible. Game 41, the first time Bruins fans go home, their team didn't at least earn a point. That's amazing. Well, there were some people that were upset about the Seattle losing to Seattle, not realizing Seattle's a very good team. I mean, they have not lost in 2023, and most of the games have been on the road. They swept through Canada before they got to Buffalo. Uh, I think where they have four wins in Canada before they got to Buffalo, and then they come to Buffalo and win, and now they go into Boston and is the first team to win a hockey game in regulation there against the Bruins. And beat them, what was it, 3 nothing? I believe? 3-zip, yeah. Yeah, so beat them by three goals. And, uh, you know, that, that's a good hockey team. So it's not an embarrassment to lose to the Seattle Kraken these days. You might have said last year was an embarrassment. I'll go along with it. This year it's not an embarrassment. That's one of the better hockey teams in the National Hockey League. Paul, thanks for all your work. Looking forward to chatting on Saturday when the Sabres are in Nashville. Okay, we'll talk to you then. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton down to the Sabres media room. Hello, obviously hoping to get back on the winning track here after this 4-2 to two loss tonight in front of over 15,000 at KeyBank Center. All right, our next broadcast, as we said, Saturday night. I'll have the pregame at 7. Puck drop with Dan and Rob just after 8 o'clock. We'll have it for you right here on the Sabres Radio Network. And with that, we'll say goodbye here from the press box at KeyBank Center. want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer back in our Amherst studios. Thank you, TJ. Here at KeyBank Center, Tom Maddy was our engineer Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Koziel, Paul Hamilton, all working hard tonight. Thank you, guys. Chopin the Bulldog on the pregame show. Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray calling the game for you. My name is Brian Koziel. I thank you for listening. The final again, Winnipeg 4, Buffalo 2. Talk to you Saturday, Sabres and Nashville, right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.